Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BiteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today's guest is Udo Erasmus, the founder of Udo's Choice and author of the book Fast That Heal, Fast That Kill, which has sold more than 260,000 copies. As an acclaimed author and speaker, Udo has an eight-step process that takes into consideration all of the elements of nature and human nature, including physical health, mental health, presence and awareness, life energy, and being in harmony with nature and humanity. Udo's background includes studies in biochemistry, genetics, biology, and nutrition, as well as a master's degree in counseling psychology. For more information, you can visit his website, which is www.udoerasmus.com, and that's U-D-O. E-R-A-S-M-U-S dot com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Udo to the show. Good day, Udo. Hi. Glad to be on. Thank you. I'm um, happy to have <laughs> I think so, too. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, I want to start. You, you have a very interesting life story of a personal journey. And... You know, I, I'd like to talk just a little bit about that before we get into, you know, talking about health and and um, and, and healing. Um, yeah. First of all, uh, your your youth um, included being a, a child refugee, uh, being left with a farmer, an orphanage, and then eventually reuni- reunification with your family. So, I mean, that's a, like a rough start for a child. So, can you tell us? You know, in that period, what is it that that you feel that you kind of learn most and you carry from that period? Okay, well, you know, there's uh, looking back, you got to say it's it's a gift to be born at the bottom of the barrel because <laughs> because if you know at the beginning how bad it can get, then there's an inset because you can't get any worse. So then, so then the, the yeah. focus becomes how can I make it better? And so from that perspective, I mean, when I was went through it, I remember hunger and I remember confusion and I didn't feel safe and and you, there wasn't anything I knew that I could rely on because people changed. We were on a flight, you know, the communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks, and the Allies, who were supposed to be the good guys were uh, using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes, uh, women with young children in horse-drawn hay wagons on dirt roads without any military presence, but they were using us for target practice. So it was pretty, it was pretty intense, and I was very, very shy as a kid because I never felt safe. I love books because books are safe, so you can read about a war, but there are no bullets flying. I already had the bullets flying. And so 
when I was six years old, I listened to people argue. We made it out, obviously, and we got reunited, uh, like you said in the introduction. When I was six years old, we were living in Germany. We were fleeing out of Poland into Germany. We made it out to Germany. Um, and I listened to adults argue about really, really trivial things that, to me as a six-year-old, seemed like, why are they arguing about that? And it always made me feel uneasy. And it occurred to me that there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And then a little cocky voice from in there, from a six-year-old who doesn't know how complicated everything is, was like, I'm going to find out how. And that's been basically, it's been my driver. That's what took me through science to understand how things work. And then through biosciences, how creatures work. And psychology, how thinking works. And it took a year of medicine to try and figure out how health works. But only learned about disease. So I went back into biochemistry and genetics because if you're studying biology and nature, you are studying about how things are when it's when they're natural, uh, you know, especially people, uh, I mean, creatures living in nature normally, mm-hmm. whereas in medicine we only stu- studied disease. But I want I yeah. to know what health is because I think knowing what health is is more important than than understanding the thousand ways that things can go wrong. You know, health is one thing, truth is one thing, and uh, there's an infinite minus uh, minus one lies and only one truth. So it's a lot easier if you live by truth than if you're trying to weed your way through the or wind your way through the lies. So that's kind of like... How I got into yeah, what you, I got into was because I started yeah. at the bottom of the barrel and I was looking for to see where where was the top of that barrel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, and like you say, once you experience, you know, you know the the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, you know that yeah. um, I mean, you you I, I think that just stays with one with someone, you know, and and, and just becomes a. It helps with gratitude, you know, I'm mm. later in life. Being up, yeah, you know, gratitude. gratitude and, and with motivation to, to look for making things better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned health. You know, first of all, I, when, when I read about you, you know, your, the, I guess not really disillusionment, the idea that medicine is really study of disease rather than yeah, health. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, you know, I just kept out, you know, that is right, you know, I just, you know, the things that, um, you know, the, just the whole idea of medical is um, directed toward disease and, and you know, trying yeah. to cure. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've tried to fix what's wrong without knowing what's right. Yeah, now, how are you going to fix? Now, how are you going to fix what's wrong if you don't know what's right? Because then you don't have a direction to go in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you're getting back to health, you may need to know what to get back to. And they called it health care. So I thought, well, that's, this is where you go to learn about health. I was pretty naive. I grew up on a, far, a part of my childhood on a farm without electricity, and I wasn't I wasn't that savvy. So I thought, well, the healthcare, they call it healthcare, so in medicine, medicine is where you learn 
the thing that's done in healthcare. So I'm going to go into medicine to learn about health. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say yeah, it was a painful appointment. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I even I, I even talked to the dean, and I said, you know, I'm on, mm-hmm. I came here to learn about health. I'm only learning about disease. What is health? He said, we don't know. We're working on it. But they're not even working on it. But that was the basically wow. ended my career, except for one more thing. They said a doctor should always sound as though he knows what's going on, even when he doesn't. So, in other words, oh. they were saying, well, lie to people. Make make stuff up. And that, that ended my yeah. career in medicine. I, I wasn't going to – I was. I thought hey, helping people heal – would be a good noble thing to do, but by lying to them, that was that that you know we call that lying on the farm. They call it public relations. We called it lying, and I and I said no. Yeah. This is not for this is not for me. I don't want to spend my life that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. This integrity, there's a you know, be truthful about things, and you know, and, and being able to give. A, to to give knowledge to like a patient, you know, mm-hmm. truthfully would yeah. uh, another way to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I could say to the patient, well, I don't know the answer to that. I can I'll see if I can find out, and then try to find out. Mm-hmm. But we weren't told to do that. We were just basically said, just just sound like you know what you're doing, even when you don't. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. that's not that's not for me. Yeah, really. Well, you know, uh, speaking of health. Um, you know, you have a, yeah. uh, an eight-step process, you know, and yeah. I, I would like to go the the elements of it because, you know, it, it's a, it's an expanded um, vision of what health is, you know, yeah. when, when we think of health. So I'd like to, if you wouldn't mind, if we could go through those and sure. so we can yeah. let you know that. Okay, so now sure. do you want to just start them, or do you want me to bring them up? Uh, I I can either either way you want to do it. Okay, okay. Well, why don't we do this? I'll, I'll go ahead and bring it up, and then you can add the the contents in, in detail. So the the first one is healthism of inner contentment deep in the center of your being. Yeah. Okay. Um, so tell us about. The idea of contentment okay. as being awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so so let me let me preframe it a little bit. The way I look at health, it has to be based in nature and human nature, because that's what we are. Human nature is what we are, but we're not just one thing. We're made. We're a composite. We're a composite of awareness. Surrounded by energy, surrounded by shine, which I call uh, inspired creativity or purpose even, <clears throat> uh, surrounded by a body, and then surrounded by a social group. Oh, no, so then then uh, survival smarts in the, in, that's interactive with the environment, then social group around that, and then the natural environment around that. And then the big picture of being a terminal condition called the human body in an infinite universe. Those are the eight pieces, and I do it like a like a bullseye. So as to start in the center, the the foundation of our existence, as well as the existence of the universe, 
is awareness or consciousness. Or I call it internal awareness because in order to connect to the deepest part of myself, which is one with the, the big picture, which is number eight, I have to go, I have to bring the focus of my awareness inward, out of the world, out of my mind, out of my body, through the energy, into awareness that is the foundation of everything. And I call that internal awareness because you have to go to the, to the center uh, to get there. It's, it's, the, it's our foundation, and it's the best or most uh, relatable attribute is peace. So there is something inside of every human being in the core of their being, it's actually throughout their entire being, but the axis is in the core of being, there is a peace that is unshakable, undisturbable, cannot be destroyed because it's formless, cannot be created, ever existing, and that's the, that's the, that's the core, that's the that's the foundation. And it's also called being. And being, you know, we're supposed to be being humans, but we've actually become human doings because we're addicted to activity. But being is more important than doing because you can be without doing, but you can't do without being. So being is actually more foundational than any, any of the stuff we think or do uh, in the world. So that's, so important, important to find that place simply because that's where our peace is, that's where our contentment is, that's where our presence lives, that's where we feel whole. In that place we are one with everything because that, that peace, that contentment, that awareness is actually everywhere. And it's kind of like the container within which it's a container without dimensions, so it has no inside or outside. And, and I'm talking experientially, not theoretically. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it is the container within which everything comes into being, lives its, its, uh, its, uh, its time, and then dissolves again. So that's, and that out of that awareness, which is the core, um, right. that actually gets concentrated into energy. And that's the second part, life energy. Now, what is life energy? Well, if you trace it back through science, solar energy goes to green leaves, gets, gets, gets absorbed by green leaves, gets stored in bonds between atoms that make molecules, those molecules become our food. We eat those molecules. And then in our cells, they are broken down. And those bonds are broken. And the solar energy is released. And that's the energy we live on. So now when it's in our body, we call it life or life energy. And that life energy weighs nothing, but runs everything. It is omnipresent in our body, omniscient in the body, and omnipotent in the body, which means all-powerful in the body, 
the only power that runs the body. That's why it's all powerful. It's all knowing mm -hmm. in the body because it runs the whole show with a genetic program that was developed by life over eons of time. It is uh, everywhere present in the body, so it's omnipresent. So that's the second life energy. And then the right. third is, is the shine of life energy into the world, and I call that inspired creativity, or you could call it uh, purpose or will or intention. Uh, and that's where, that's the positive aspect, the, the thrival aspect of mind. So all of these are inside, in us, invisible to our eyes, but accessible to be felt. And in order to feel mm -hmm. them, we have to bring our, our focus, or the focus, our focus of awareness, from the outside world where, that we're always drawn into by change. We have to bring it back deliberately by making time for, for being safe, in a safe place where we're not going to be distracted, bring our awareness back inside, beyond our thoughts, beyond our, our minds, uh, beyond, um, you know, beyond our body, into the energy and then into the awareness. But most people don't do that, and that's most of where most of the problems we, we have on the planet that have not been addressed come from. is because we are not doing our homework to come back home into the magnificence of our own existence. So, with the idea of um, maintaining that touchstone, that, that uh, you know, mm -hmm. that is, is, is that, can that only be done, what are different ways that people can um, use to experience it. I mean, it's not strictly like through meditation, is it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, well, you know, well, what Yeah, the, the so. issue is not how you do it. The issue is that you do it. Okay. And, there are, and for different people, there are different hows. So some people get some semblance of it through music. And some mm. people get a semblance of it through dance or movement. And some people do it through meditation. And some people do it by getting into very intense situations, like ice cold bath, <laughs> <You know? laughs> a shower in ice cubes, right? Or, or, or going on dangerous adventures, like rock climbing and stuff. Mm -hmm. There are people who say, you know, that's when I feel most alive, when I'm about to fall off the cliff, right? or when I'm in a situation that is life-threatening. And then we they seek those situations uh, just because that's how they know to get there. But it doesn't have to be that dangerous. You can also do it by just sitting still and seeing how still you can become and seeing how deep you can go into that stillness with your focus and seeing how long you can stay there. And then maybe... Breathing lightly and slowly and just feeling what is in the space that your body occupies. So you can do it in a safe place, 
But it, whatever, whatever it takes to do that, and when you die, you're going there automatically. So you can also wait till you die to go there. <laughs> okay. But, but dying will not be as comfortable because you, you, if you don't know the territory before you die, then when yeah. you die, then you're going into strange territory and that's frightening. But actually, we started, we actually started our life in that territory because when we were in our mother's womb, if you think about it, you go back to your mother's womb, what was it like? Well, there was not, nowhere to go. There was nothing to see. <laughs> there was nothing to do. Everything was taken care of and it was pretty safe. And so what did you do in that place? Well, you didn't know who you were. You had no words. You had no culture. You had no race. You had no religion. You had no thoughts. But you existed. So where would you have existed? Well, you're floating in this tank. There's not much to feel on the outside. So your awareness, because it had no place to go, your focus was at rest, inside, in life, and beyond that, in awareness itself. So your focus was in awareness. So literally, in the nine months you spent in your mother's womb, you were in deep meditation, right? It was totally boring, but you weren't bored. You know, right. like, okay, now I'd like to like, imagine, imagine, now for nine months, you got to sit down, do nothing. You know, you weren't even breathing when you were in the, in the womb, right? Because it was all taken care of. So there was, so... Imagine tr trying to be told, being told now, is, okay, you've got to sit still for nine months, breathe only if you need to, and if you do breathe, breathe as lightly as possible, and have no thoughts, and have no imagination, and have no images, and have no visions, and just hang out in the space <laughs> of life itself and awareness itself. You know, I mean, people, people say, I can't do that. In fact, people, when they ask, when they, they always ask me, well, how do you do that? You know, how do you, so we're talking about getting to being, but they want to do it. And, <laughs> right. and the problem with that is that the being begins where the doing stops. So you can't, yeah. you can't do yourself. You have to undo yourself into that being. You have to let go. You have to surrender. You have to, Relax, you know, it's, uh, uh, and then the question becomes, how deeply can you let go? And then what will you find? You know, I'm, I'm saying it now, too. What will you find when you do that? But you're not doing it. You're letting go. You're letting go, letting go, letting go. Anything you can let go of, you let go of. Your essential nature, you cannot let go of. So you're going to end up in the realm of energy and awareness when you let go as deeply as it is possible to do. Yeah. And, and, and then people say to me, oh, yeah, I tried meditation. It doesn't work for me. It's boring. It's so boring. And then, my, <laughs> then I say, let's fall in love with the boredom. You know? Yeah. Notice, notice how peaceful it is in that boredom, in that boredom. And sit through your addiction to thinking and doing, because that's how you get to being. You have to sit through, <laughs> you have to sit through, sit through all that stuff 
to let go, yeah. let go, let go, in order to find the thing that all the masters talked about. You know, we call it life energy. When you go subjective on it and you actually merge your focus in that life energy, then in your, the, you're in the place that all of the masters, Buddha and Krishna and Christ and even Socrates talked about that, that all the great masters that we're still talking about hundreds or thousands of years later, they all cultivated that internal presence in their own lives. That's why they could talk like that. That's why we can't yeah. talk like that, because at most we usually just dabble in it. But what if you ask the question, what was Buddha's experience? Because he was a human being, right? person in a human mm-hmm. body, alive, just like I was, just like I am. What was his experience out of which he came out with all that wisdom? Because he didn't get his wisdom from other books. It was original to him, and it came out of his experience. What was the what was the experience that Christ had? I want to have that experience. Why? Because nobody said I couldn't. And then the question is, what does it take? And he basically said, mm-hmm. if you do what I do, you will experience what I experience, and you'll be, do even greater things than I, because I help to focus you there. Yeah, that you know, it, it certainly takes practice. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and and a dedication to really wanting to achieve that uh, that people nature. Um, right now, right, it takes practice, you, but you know, but but you know, it takes practice just like it took practice to get us out into the world. You know, because when we were born. We had no sense of the world, and it took a while for us to become able to focus outside. And you sometimes see that in young children. Their eyes open, and they roll around in their head, but they don't fix on anything because they haven't learned to come out. But then change brings us out, and we need to, you know, uh, that happens automatically, and we our awareness is drawn out through our senses into the world when something changes. Because we have to figure out very quickly, is this friend, is this foe, or is this irrelevant? And then respond appropriately with survival in mind. So that's automatic. But it took us a while to to get good at that. Well, we don't practice coming back, so we're not very good at it. And we don't even know where to start coming back. And my my thought on that is that, or not my thought, my experience on that is, if you sit with heartache, you know, whenever you get that uncomfortable feeling in your chest, whether you call it loneliness loneliness or longing or separation, isolation, uh, despair, discontent, um, longing, striving, blues, there's lots of, I have 10 pages of words for that uncomfortable feeling in our chest. We define that feeling by what triggered it. But that feeling is actually the call of our heart for our focus to come back home inside to life and to awareness because that's where our fulfillment lives. 
And when we have yeah. separated from that fulfillment, there, that creates a drive. And that drive is to find that fulfillment again. But because we don't know the road, that we find that inside, that it's already there, we're always trying to get our fulfillment through the things we do. And every time we're successful doing what we set out to do that we hope would bring us that fulfillment, we get three days of, yay, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then on the fourth day, we feel let down or depressed or, you know, that ache that ache is back. And then we say, okay, well, I, I maybe I didn't think big enough or I didn't think in the right direction. And then we create another thing to try and figure out how to get our fulfillment from outside. We will never get it from outside. We need to bring that from the inside into the world. But in order to do that, we have to do our homework, which is the work we do inside on ourselves to be more fully present in our own life. Absolutely. Well, you know, we are about halfway through the show, so I want to take yeah. a quick break. Okay? Yep. And then when, when, when we come back, um, yeah. I want to kind of move into talking about uh, um, fat that heal and fat that heal, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we'll get to the body. Yep. Hey, you're absolutely Body of next. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide. Books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Udo Erasmus, and we are talking about his journey as well as his book, Fast Fat Heal, Fast Fat Kill, which is a bestseller. Um, you can find out more about Udo by visiting his website, which is udoerasmus.com, and that's U-D-O-E-R-A-S-M-U-S.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Ludo. Yep. Okay, okay so, great. yeah, so uh, what I'm going to talk about now has a different website. It's called udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S-choice.com. So the fourth part, so we talked about internal awareness, life energy, um, inspired creativity. Okay. Now we're going to talk physical body. And most people, when they talk about health, they don't talk about that inner stuff so much. They talk about what do I eat, what do I drink, what do I, what exercise do I need? 
you know, how do I breathe, you know, because that's what the physical body is about. Physical body is made out of food, water, and air run by solar energy. So we are solar energy gadgets. And the, uh, the area that I focused on most was two areas, oils, because they're the most sensitive nutrients. They're very easily damaged. They need a lot of care. And we give oils the least care of any of our foods. We fry them and we, even they're damaged when they're being made because they're super sensitive to damage by light, oxygen, and heat. And when I got poisoned by pesticides in 1980, I began to think about how I could get he healthy and ended up stuck on oils. I was looking at everything, minerals, vitamins, amino acids, fatty acids, herbs, spices, all of that stuff, foods, all of that stuff. But I got stuck on oils because the, the information was so confusing. And I, there was, you know, I got a study that said omega-6 is an essential fatty acid that you have to have to live and be healthy. And the next study said when you take omega-6, they give you cancer and kill you. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, a, it, it, it's essential for my health, and then it kills me by cancer? How, how can that doesn't even compute? And, so I, and it drive, honestly drove me nuts. And so what I had to do is I had to look more deeply at the oils and to look at how they're being made. And they're being made with, uh, when they're being made, they're treated with sodium hydroxide, which is a very corrosive base. Then they're treated with phosphoric acid, which is a very corrosive acid. Then they're bleached, which makes them rancid. And then they have to be heated to frying temperature to clean up the rancidity, the bad smell of rancidity. And then you have a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil, which is what lines all the shelves in plastic bottles uh, everywhere pretty much around the world these days. And what I found out is in that processing, about 1% of the molecules get damaged, usually half to 1%, depending on how much omega-3 and omega-6 is in it. And I said, and, and I said, wow, I can't, you know, this damage is done. And I called the oil chemist society and said, well, uh, why, you know, you, you know you, it does damage to the oil. Why do you use these processes? So he said, well, one of the reasons we use them is we can get rid of 50% of the pesticides that are in the oil. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I'm, having, I'm having a bird. I didn't even know they were pesticides in oils. So, and mm -hmm. I didn't say it to him, but I said to him, so why don't you start with organically grown seeds? And there was a long silence. I guess he had never been asked that question. And then he got mad. And then he said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good and it's only 1% damaged. And if you got 99% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? So, so now he's, so now oh. I back off. Now I'm backing off. So he said, well, it makes only 1%. Maybe, maybe I'm overreacting. So when in doubt, do the math. So I said, okay, if I have a tablespoon of oil, most people use two to four tablespoons a day, if I have a tablespoon mm -hmm. of oil that is 1% damaged, how many damaged molecules are going to be in that oil? And I ask people when I do lectures, they always underestimate by at least a billion times how much damage has been done to those oils. A billion times. So then I say, wow. well, if you went, if you went on a, on a, if you were going to get on an airplane 
and you found out on no uncertain terms that your chance of crashing and dying was a billion times higher than you thought it was, would you get on the plane? <laughs> and, and when I was in Ireland, I said I would canoe back to Canada. <laughs> My chances would uh -huh. not be good, but, it, you know, I would not get on the plane if it was a billion times more dangerous than I had been told it was. And what, so, so then I said, okay, I'm not overreacting. That's a lot of damage. Because all of those molecules go into your body, and then in your body, because they're not natural, they interfere with what's supposed to be going on in the space that they now occupy. And so they interfere with the processes that make a body work. So I said, we should make oils with health in mind. They're made with shelf life in mind. That's what industry does, because then they have a big market. We should make mm -hmm. them with health in mind. They, we need to give them the care we need. We need to press them with care and settle and, and, uh, and uh, filter them with care and uh, fill the bottles with care and exclude light, oxygen, heat from the whole process. Put them in dark glass bottles because plastic leaches into oils. And we should bring back the omega-3 that is essential that is uh, that 99% of the population doesn't get enough of and balance that with omega-6s that are also essential, but they should be made with health in mind. And we then developed uh, a, an oil industry, I, I basically created the machinery that takes that kind of care of the oil. And uh, that's how I got into oils and that's how come I, saw, I wrote the book, uh, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, that actually happened before I made the oils. Um, and uh, and then we and then I got known as an expert on the on the in the area of oils. Then I went next to digestion because that's the second most neglected area in nutrition. And I worked with digestive enzymes, probiotics, fiber, which just comes from plant foods, uh, and uh, and then bitters, which are herbs that help liver and digestion function. So that's. What I've done in, in that arena, uh, fundamentally, the, 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 the story of the body goes like this. If you don't get your essential nutrients and you don't optimize it, then you cannot be optimally healthy because your body can't make them, but it has to have them. So they have to come in from outside. If you don't get enough, your health will go down. You will get degenerative symptoms. They because of deficiency, they will worsen with time, and if you don't get enough long enough, you die. But if you bring back, before you die, you bring enough of the missing essential nutrients back, then all of the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed, because life knows how to make a body work, provided we take responsibility for making sure that Optimum amounts of all essential nutrients land in our body so that life can do its job. That's the only responsibility we have. Life does everything else. You know, once you swallow the food, life will just do the best it can with what you gave it to do. And if it's junk you're feeding it, then you're going to get a junk body. And here's what's interesting. Your body is a major construction site. You know, you know that, like when you take a shower and you rub your skin like these little, we call them little sausages when we were kids, skin sausages. You know, stuff rubs off your skin. And you know that the mm -hmm. lining of your digestive tract, the inside lining, 
is, is replaced every four days. Your liver is replaced every six weeks. Your bones take longer. You know, so everything in the body is always turning over. And there are people who have estimated how much of your body turns over every year. And the conclusion they came to is that it's about 98% of the atoms that in your body today will have been removed and replaced if we get together one year from now. And you won't even have noticed that that happened, and you may not have thought about it, except now you can think about it, because I just told you that. <laughs> now, why is that important? That's why healing is possible. You know, if you are on a good diet, and you decide to be, get really sloppy, and you go on a really bad diet, within one year, you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a lower standard. In other words, you're going to eat yourself sick. <clears throat> if you if you raise your standard, which is what I did when I when I got poisoned by pesticides, you raise the standard. Within one year, 98% of your body will have been rebuilt to a higher standard. That's what healing is. That's what healing is. If we didn't, if the body didn't always turning turn over, healing would not be possible. Right? That's And that's also yeah. why we have to eat after we're adults. Because if the body wasn't always turning over, once we were adults, we wouldn't have to eat anymore. Because we got all the molecules there. If they're not moving. But they're wow. always, everything's moving through us. Water. If you drink the amount of water you're supposed to drink, you will drink 15 times your body weight in water every year. 15 times. Your body's about 70% water. Right? The, so the, mm -hmm. the water's going through you. The, the sunlight energy that is life, that's always flowing through you. Your minerals and vitamins, they're always flowing through you. And they always need to be replaced. And they all have different rates of flow. Water is actually oxygen is probably the quickest. You know, The oxygen you breathe, that's why you have to breathe all the time. It's because it gets used up and turns into carbon dioxide. You breathe it out. You bring in fresh oxygen. So it's always your whole body is a, is a moving feast. Every part of it. And in seven years, 100% of all of the molecules in your body will have been removed and replaced. But the fact that you can do 98% in one year is like really good news for people who are sick. If you do the right things, if you raise the standard and you do the right things, you will rebuild your body within one year, 98% to a better health standard. So that's yeah. That's, that's when people realize that you know it, it's you know, the idea that within one year's time, yeah. with correct actions, you know, with, with healthy actions, let's say, you know, and behaviors, um, you can completely switch it around. Yep, that's the big. That's the good news, right? The bad it news is. is when you the bad news is when you give a junk to to work on, then you you end up with a junk body. And the good news is that if you raise your standard, and what is the standard for human beings? Like every other creature, nature's standard for us is fresh, whole, raw, organic. That's how every creature eats, except for us. And for human beings, mostly plants. We do better on plants than we do on animal products. We, we have, you know, a little bit of animal product is, 
is okay, but we eat so much animal product now, and that's driven by yeah. industry, and and those are not even natural products. You know, the pesticides, hormones, antibio, um, uh, pesticides, hormones, uh, all kinds of drugs are used. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our in our growing our feed antibi- uh, yeah antibiotics are used and they mm-hmm. change the meat and they're not eating grass and weeds in nature they're eating corn <clears throat> so there are differences between wild meat and and factory farm meat and that is not being talked about much but it's important to take into consideration because if a deer eats eats a herbs certain herbs. They will mm-hmm. help the deer with itself. The herbs make those molecules for their own protection. The deer eats it, then it gets some protection. If we eat the meat of the deer, we get some of that protection too. But not if you're just feeding them corn and then shooting them full of antibiotics because they're completely not not healthy and would probably die of yeah. infection if they didn't do that. And so what we're eating from animal-based needs to be replaced either by wild animal or by less animal and more plant-based. More plant-based probably is the safer route to go. Uh, you know, when 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 we were cave cavemen, you know, we had rocks to hunt with. You know, the hunters came home without meat most of the time. So when mm-hmm. they came home without meat, guess what they ate? They ate plants because plants don't run away and they don't fight and they are really really easy to hunt down and kill. So Plants were the fallback, except in some places where there are herds of bison and stuff. So there, there were some people who ate meat. But I think the longest-lived people were most were more plant plant than animal-based in their food supply. And then yeah. the second thing is, yeah, I've been a vegetarian. What's that? I said I would have been a vegetarian, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. In that well, when we were when we were kids, we went hunting with rocks. I don't remember ever coming home with anything. <laughs> the animals run away, or they fly away, or they uh, swim uh, away, or they fight back, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then the second part so, of <clears throat> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the second, second part? part of of the the physical body is the 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 fitness aspect. The body is made Hmm. for activity. If there's nothing to do, you don't need a body. You've got nine months of not doing anything, uh, but that's 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 the limit. So now you live here. You've got things to do. You got to schlep wood, or you got to chop chop wood, or carry water, or whatever it is. If you're living close to nature, and you and we used to walk, not drive everywhere. And we used to, you know, to go to from one city to another would take two weeks instead of. uh, 40 minutes, right? <laughs> so we were physically more active, and the body's made for for physical activity. If you don't need, if you you don't need a body, if there's nothing to do, so then you can just be a disembodied spirit floating around. So so th- that's important, and uh, associated with better health and and longevity as well. And then there you have digestion, which is very important because you're taking all this foreign stuff and putting it in your body. And that has to be broken down properly, and then the nutrients absorbed, and then your body gets made out of the nutrients that come from another body of a plant or, or an animal. 
And so digestion is super important to make sure that the, it, it's completed. We use digestive enzymes and probiotics and fiber and bitters for that because if digestion doesn't work, tons of problems start with poor digestion because there's, it's all foreign material. And then your immune system yeah. has to get involved in digestion, and then it's not free to go after other things it's, it should be doing in the body. So that's really important. And then the last one is to avoid toxins and to detox. What does detox mean? Some people eat for eight hours a day and fast for 16. I'm pretty much doing that. Uh, that gives your digestive system a rest. You don't end up overeating. And, uh, and then the body... When it doesn't get food, uh, it basically, the immune system goes and cleans up what, what isn't working in the body and then recycles that. That's called autophagy, uh, which means eating yourself. Uh, autophagy, the immune system basically eats, eats dead cells and, you know, viruses and bacteria yeah. and inflammatory proteins and then re- digests them and then recycles the parts. So that's the, that's the body part. Um, and that, like I said, the website for that is udoschoice, U-D-O-S, choice.com. Uh, then the next one is survival smarts. That's the protective part of mind. And that's about uh, survival. And there are two aspects to that. One is if you are founded in the indestructible part of yourself, there's no fear there. So when you need to do something that is dangerous for survival, you'll do it because it needs to be done. Uh, so that's one. And the second is skills. And wherever you live, there are certain kinds of crises that are could happen that would be natural mm-hmm. disasters like floods or cold or hot or uh, dehydration or volcanoes or earthquakes, tidal waves, you know, <clears throat> you can learn the skills to be adept at dealing both with those crises should they occur. So between being calm under fire and having skills that are applicable to your crisis situation, that's the function of, of survival skills as well as reproduction and then parenting and, and, and education for survival uh, for the kids. So that's the fifth part, that, and, and that's human nature. So we have internal awareness, life energy. Life energy, by the way, is unconditional love. Life energy, which is your essential self, loves your body unconditionally except if you interfere with its work by the thoughts that you create. And often those thoughts are habitual. And that's the third part of mind. That's all the, all the, uh, all the ideas that you inherited that you never examined that may be out of date, it may be completely wrong, but you live by them. But if you live by those, they do you damage. Right? They, they, they inhibit your your life's journey because thoughts set the direction in which we move they set the limitations where we won't go and because they set direction and limitations they determine goals outcomes destinations and destinies 
And uh, mm-hmm. that's why people talk about mindset so much. You want to have a mindset that gives, gets you to a good destiny and that may require some rethinking of habitual habitual thoughts. So that's the yeah. human nature part. Uh, and then outside of that is social group. And social group affects your health. You know, when we used to be when we used to get really angry at somebody when we were kids, we would yell at them, you make me sick. <laughs> so even as kids, we knew that other people affect our health. Right? And so the, yep. the, the, the advice there is obviously the practical part is, you know, cultivate people who empower you to, to raise your standards, to be your best self, and who themselves are doing that. And, uh, you know, let go of the people who tear you down. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an important, important thing, you know, for people to recognize. You know, sometimes, uh, those I don't support, you know, are the closest to you, or I've known you for the longest time. But yeah. it's important to recognize those that lift you up and those that hold you back. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes those are the people who told you, you can do anything you want when you're a kid. And then when you get eight, get to be about 15 or 16 or 18, they say, no, no, you've got to be realistic. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, they, and then you want to spread your wings and fly, and then they clip your, they do what they can to clip your wings. So. I uh, crazy, crazy human. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's number six. Important. Yeah, that's number six. Number seven is uh, natural environment. And, you know, it makes sense if you live in, in, in rubble. After the war, we did kind of live in rubble. You know, you live in rubble that's not as good for health as taking a walk in the forest around you, you know, because you can plant and garden and do all kinds of things around you is also really good for health. It also keeps you grounded. It also it also you learn to you learn and you also teach your children appreciation for nature because nature is our mother and we are 100% dependent on her you know even the weeds and the poisonous plants that we hate make oxygen for us to breathe and then many of the plants that we use they they make minerals uh they they suck rocks and they make minerals uh uh, accessible to us when we eat the plants because you basically take them out atom by atom and incorporate them in their tissues and they manufacture our vitamins and our fatty acids you know the essential fatty acids omega-3 and 6 that are essential to us are not essential to plants because they make can make them out of carbon dioxide and water right the proteins yeah. you know we have essential amino acids that we can't make the plants make them out of water uh, carbon dioxide and nitrogen. So they make just about everything we need and even they, plants make the animals we eat. You know, a cow is made out of grass. So the, the steak is made out of grass and the milk is made out of grass. Right? We don't usually think about it, but it's useful to make the connection. Right? It is. And it so, and then the other um, thing is, how do we, you know, being grateful for the resources, being respectful for the power and the danger, and I guess we get about 99% resources and 1% danger from nature, and mm-hmm. treating nature in a way that is sustainable. 
Because, you know, we yeah. used to have 10 trillion trees on the planet. We now got two and a half. There are people say we only have a billion trees on the planet. I'm not, I, I, oh no, a trillion trees on the planet. But whatever it is, in order to get as many trees as we had 10,000 years ago, every man, woman, and child would have to plant a thousand trees. So we have, oh my God. we have to plant 7.5 trillion trees. Seven and a half billion people, that's a thousand trees each. Mm. Uh, so, so we have, we have work to do and of anything that needs to be one, done with, with climate or with, with, uh, with the environment, do less except plant more trees. And maybe we need to build a water, a water distribution system. Uh, we, uh, there was actually a plan for one for all of North America in 1910, and nobody ever built it. But fundamentally, it means you take water from where there's too much to where there's too little, so you can make the deserts green, or you slow down the rate at which the water that lands, land, that falls on land, goes back to the ocean. So that water cycle, you slow down the land part of the water cycle. And those two things would take care of pretty much all of the uh, all of the environmental issues that need to be addressed, except for our attitude to nature, which definitely needs a, a reboot. You know, we've, we've <laughs> a, we need to go from greedy killers to grateful gardeners in our mindset there, about the environment. Uh, well, I love that. Well, well, Udo, this hour has gone by very fast. Yeah. I have loved every minute of our conversation. Um, yeah. Now, we have, people, we have one more to go. Oh, yeah. Let's, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do the infinite yeah. awareness. How could I? Well, how well, could past, I the, past the natural environment, uh, we have uh -huh. what I call infinite awareness. And fundamentally, that's about coming to terms with the fact that here I am, a terminal condition. The body is a terminal condition. Yet, you know, and I didn't exist for billions of years. Now I get maybe 100 years. I'm 80 now, right? So maybe I get 100. Maybe I get 120 if I'm lucky, right? And then I won't exist for billions of years. So this is the time that I have, but it's limited. And to be comfortable knowing that my body is a terminal condition in an infinite universe, and living my life comfortable in that kind of presence is the is the last part of it. Yeah. And that that infinite universe and that internal awareness are the same thing. My access is in the core of my being. When I get to that internal awareness, I notice, I experience that that awareness is not limited to my body, but that actually my body is a center. For that awareness, and that awareness goes all the way out to infinity. And so everyone, every human being, every creature, every point is a center of that infinite awareness. And that's a very comforting experience to have. Super peace. Some people call that God. You know, God with, you know, God uh -huh. within me, internal awareness, and me within God, the infinite awareness. So those are the eight yeah. parts. Each one of them is different in its nature and its function, needs a different kind of attention, needs attention on a regular mm -hmm. basis, goes off in a different way in response to a different kind of intervention. And that's the 
the, the, the health uh, intervention part of this model? Uh, well, it is, it really uh, expanded my perception, a perspective of, of health. So I appreciate you sharing with us today. And now I'm um, going to be following you on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and people can join you there as well. So yeah, even you, 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 YouTube. Oh, and YouTube, yep. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any final words you before? Yeah, and thank you for being a huge amplifier for a, a good message. Thank you. I, 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 it's very useful and helpful information. And, and it, I'm like you in that I want to see harmony. <laughs> harmony yeah. among people but yeah, and among the world, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah, you know, because why is that? Because that's the that's the highest common denominator among human beings is to live the way the masters live, to master what the masters master. And it's time because we're under pressure to either show up or or extinct ourselves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I think so. Yeah. Number Sanskrit. You have a very good day, and I look forward to following you on on the those platforms. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. This this is fun. Very well. Thank you. Good. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Udo Erasmus. We've been talking about his journey as well as his book, Fat, Fat, Heal, Fat, Fat, Kill, which has been it is a bestseller. Um, you can find out more about Udo by visiting his website, which is UdoErasmus.com, and that's U-D-O-E-R-A-S-M-U-S.com. And for more information about the oils that we, we are talking about during the show, you can visit the website www.udoschoice.com. That's U-D-O-S. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.